positive this week feeling very confident and like emotional (laughs) let's just do this beautiful babes on board the Eurostar. Pink sunglasses and perfectly applied lipstick. The clouds have crept from the sky. All that remains is dazzling, brilliant sunshine and the girls look pretty on their passports, passing landmarks as they lean into each other's shoulders. Champagne, gentle and delicious on perfectly painted lips. Two angels aching for adventure, one mastering the tongue as the train runs faster and faster, while the other writes a little verse about how wonderful it is to have a friend. I wrote that when I was watching my friend Laura doing a stream on Twitch. Um, She does weekly streams on her Twitch where she does Duolingo and she's learning French. And I find them really fun to watch. Like, they're kind of hypnotic in a way. Like, I don't know. I just just sit there sometimes and just watch it and be like, yeah, yeah, that's nice. I'm having a good time. And I just had this idea while I was watching one. um, I thought... Oh my god, what if we went to Paris? Because I've always wanted to go, as you'll know. And I thought, that could be like a fun little girls weekend. You know, just get the Eurostar, go to Paris, go to some cafes, make a quick stop at Disneyland, um, go get Fortune's Red, have a cup of tea in a cafe, and, and, and wear a hat, you know? Very that. And... <laughs> And I just thought, who better to take than my friend who is getting more fluent in French all the time, you know? I'd be like, Laura, can you translate for me? Laura, can you ask this person (laughs) if they can, if, if I can purchase an ice cream? Laura, can you ask that lady where she got her hat? I would like one similar, you know, very that. Um, and I just, I had this image of us just being glamorous and, and beautiful, um, on this, like, cute little trip to Paris, um, you know how when people look at lesbians and they're like, oh, gals being pals because they're afraid of, like, discussing female sexuality that doesn't involve a man, right? But with me and Laura, it's actually, like, gals being pals, like, we are both gals and we are pals, so... Um, she's married so obviously nothing's gonna but I I just I love being her friend and I love um, yeah and I just I don't know I was just like let's go to Paris let's go as if my passport is not out of date (laughs) and as if Brexit didn't happen so going to Paris might be harder and as if there isn't a pandemic on, so I can't go to Paris anyway. But I was feeling my fantasy. I was living my life in my head. It was very different to the reality. And I was like, I'm going to go to Paris with my friend. And we're going to have a fabulous time and be really beautiful. And people will come up to us on the street and be like, 
wow, you're so amazing. Oh my God. But like they would say that in French, I would, I would presume because we're in France. And, <laughs> and they'd look at us and they'd be like, oh, it's such a shame that your country left the European Union when the, when the English women are so beautiful. And we'd be like, yes, we voted Remain. We're very sorry about all that messy business. Passionate about your perfume, the soft scent as I wake up, enamoured by your essence and the brightness of your blurred eyes that fog and grow further away every time I close my own. The fantasy of our love affair was my reality for so long, prolonging the pain by pretending you might come home, lone cyclone of loneliness by the door, waiting to hear the whisper of your key but never being pleased. I went shopping for boats because a man I loved once had a boat and it always impressed me so I thought I'd look less depressing and more breathtaking if I too had a boat but alas it broke my bank before I'd even opened my purse so I purchased a bunch of books from exotic exciting shelves to see if you'd prefer me when I pretended to be a clever girl. I love you but I never deserved you. And it's not your fault, but I've been hurting everyone who crosses my path since I lost my way and I couldn't find a road back to you. I guess I wanted you to know that I'm a mess, that I still love you, just in case you decided that death was not all that there was left to see. Would you like to come back? Speaking of lesbians, um, <laughs> uh, Lesbian Visibility Week recently and Lesbian Visibility Day when I wrote that poem, which was about a lesbian. Like everybody across the world, I had lesbians on my mind. That is a cracking title for something, isn't it? Lesbians on my mind. I don't know what, but I, I, could, I could write a book that's just about lesbians. Lesbians, lesbians, lesbians. I think about that episode of Boston Legal every day. <laughs> there's an episode of Boston Legal and there's this clip from it, right? Where um, Alan Shaw keeps saying the word lesbian because Brad is uncomfortable with the idea of lesbians and Alan Shaw is like saying it all the time to make him uncomfortable because they have a lesbian client and it's I think about it every day and every time I say the word lesbian or read the word lesbian I have James Spader in my head going lesbian 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 and I'm like yeah buddy same uh (laughs) anyways so The lesbians had this special day. Shout out to all the lesbians across the world. I love you. I hope you had a lovely time. I hope that you were celebrated and treated like the queens that you are. Um, I wrote a poem about a lesbian that I miss all of the time. (laughs) My, uh... my angel I miss her I I don't know I just I think it's it's one of those things where I can't tell if I romanticize our relationship because she's not here anymore and because she she died and so I see everything in this perfect wonderful light 
and I refused to acknowledge that it was probably not perfect because no relationship is perfect and so I I I put her higher than everybody else because I'm like she's better than all you bitches because I don't know as um, I don't know anyway uh so I <laughs> I I wrote um that about her um you know just to say hey I think you're the fucking greatest and you changed my life I love you and thank you for loving me you know um Uh, to 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 all the lesbians, I hope you had a lovely lesbian visibility day, and that everybody was nice to you as they should be. Um, and to my <laughs> to my fantasy future wives, Kate McKinnon, <laughs> Mari Black, Fiona Spence. Hi, I am not in a relationship right now and I keep my nails short you're gonna know what that means I'm sure I'm available I I, uh I've been told I make a good cup of tea and a good coffee I drink neither but I'm good at them uh I will do my fair share of the housework. I will write songs and poems about you. I will be a good and loyal wife. <laughs> um. <laughs> nah. That'd be nice, though. Anyway, ladies my top three celebrity crushes right there I hope I'm like a proper celebrity one day and then I (laughs) instead of just someone who's like vaguely recognisable to a really specific group of people from the internet and then I can go to like things and I just like run into them and be like oh my god hi wow what's up Let's go out. And it won't seem weird, you know what I mean? No, 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 no. It's not going to happen. It could, though. No! Anyway. um, Lesbians. You know how... (laughs) You know how Humbert talks about Lolita at the beginning of Lolita? In my head, like, that's, that's how I talk about lesbians. But that's the curse of being bisexual. There's a quite a few lesbians that are like, ew, you touched a man once. Don't look at me directly in the eyes. <laughs> Trust me, sweetheart, I'm not happy about it either. <laughs> Crazy is what they call the girls who figure out how the world works. I have been lost to lunacy for the longest time, but it's time to strip away stereotypes and the chains that they use to claim my soul, because I am not what they want me to be, but I am still a wonder of this world. Dripping in diamonds dropped on my head, I am the divine feminine, guardian of God's plan following the frequently corrected course. I am dizzy at the deviation, dancing across smashed shards of my ideals, dreaming of what I will become. I take back the letters of my own name, rearranging them as the moon returns. So bright, so breathtaking. Crazy is what they called me when I called myself sane. But I know who I am.
I got a lot of nerve to be like, don't call me crazy when I call myself crazy all the time. But I feel like it's one of those things where it's like, it's okay if I say it, but if someone else says it, it's kind of mean. Especially as when other people say it, it's normally in reaction to me doing something completely normal. But they don't want me to do it, so they will label me as crazy, you know what I mean? You know, very normal things like having boundaries, having a very basic expectation of being treated with respect and with kindness and, you know, (laughs) and those kinds of things, you know, they get you labelled as crazy, you know, high maintenance, demanding. It's like, it kind of reminds me of like when women used to get thrown into sanatoriums and shit for stuff like reading too many books or, you know, not wanting to be like a servant to a husband you know what I mean it's very that um and actually it kind of um had an effect on on something this week for me because I was upset because I I've I've been very clear with literally anybody that I feel needs to hear it that I (laughs) I I need you know basically like if you want to be my lover you've got to like go slow when it comes to sexual stuff because I can't just jump into it because I am emotionally not equipped for that so you have to fucking slow down and not try and throw that shit at me all the time constantly because it's gonna get on my nerves and then I'm gonna start to hate you you know what I mean and (laughs) but I'm very clear about that with people from the beginning I will say to them straight up I cannot really do anything like that straight off the bat and I can't just like jump into stuff sexually because I, I just I can't all right I can't and I always say that to people because if you I I feel like it's a shame because people, you know, should be able to say no to things at any point, you know, no matter where you are in in the road to, like, you know, a relationship, whatever, you should be able to say no at any point, but the reality is, is that people will get upset with you if you don't bring it up straight away and you say you know this is how it's gonna be for me you know if you if, if you do you know what I mean anyways so I, I've always been very fucking clear about that and there was a moment when somebody didn't really um seem to care about that and they were just kind of like okay we're gonna do this and we're gonna do it now and I was like no I I am not I am not ready for that I I I can't (laughs) no um and I felt like I couldn't explain to them why I was upset because I didn't want to feel like I was crazy I didn't want someone to act like I was being crazy or I was being difficult and it's absolutely ridiculous because I should be able to say you are crossing a boundary that I have very clearly set out you are treating me with a lot of disrespect right now you are being hurtful to me you have hurt my feelings I should be able to say that and I shouldn't be afraid to say it because I'm scared that I'll be labeled as crazy for just standing up for myself but I was you know I was afraid to to speak up for myself and say I've already told you that this is not you know that this is something that I need time for and I need to think about it and I can't just rush into it I've said that you have ignored what I have said and tried to pressure me anyway and I'm mad about it I'm angry I'm pissed off I feel disrespected I feel hurt by that I should be able to say all of that 
but I held back because I didn't want to be labelled as fucking crazy and entitled and, you know, all those fucking fucked up words that are stuck on women when they don't do what they're told. I am deserving of respect, right? Right? Like, (laughs) I mean, yes, everybody is. But I was afraid to ask for that for myself. I mean... (sighs) It's just hard because... Because I... I'm not crazy for wanting to be treated with kindness. You know, I'm not crazy for wanting somebody to treat me the way that they would expect to be treated. If I crossed a line and I hurt somebody, I would feel terrible about that. Um, But if someone had put a, a very clear line, a very clear boundary... I would remember that. I would think about that and I would say, okay, I can't can't do that because that's going to hurt them. And it fucking annoys me that other people don't do that when it comes to me. I take every fucking precaution. I do everything you're told to do because that's the thing. You'll get people who'd be like, oh, well, if you want to be treated, you know, in a nice way, then you have to be clear about what you want and you have to, you know make it clear that you're not going to put up with stuff and all this and I'm like well I fucking try I do that right from the beginning I'll say look this is this is who I am this is how I feel about things this is what I want this is what I won't accept okay this this is what we're doing here but that means nothing if a person then ignores it and then they make you feel bad about being upset you know because it just oh I'm tired, but I'm definitely sane where it counts, so that's something. What the actual fuck is going on with this whole politics business? Shut up. So first, <laughs> I guess I have a little update about uh, the gross sex offender of of Hartlepool. Although I don't, I don't really want to call him that because he's not from Hartlepool. He literally just moved there because there's an an open seat, and he's desperate for attention and being elected um but anyway that guy that i talked about last week who is a sex offender he is on the sex offenders register and so on and so forth oh my god he when i tell you when i tell you this guy is fucked up he's fucked down, he's fucked everywhere, just a fucked up kind of person, you know what I mean, um, so he's on the Twitter, let me find this, god, I tweet so much, how am I ever supposed to find things on my Twitter, (laughs) I should just, like, shut up, (laughs) that's what I should do, no, Aha! Here we go. So, he is on the Twitter. 
He said, Fiona Bruce is completely unsuited to question time. The BBC made a huge mistake, which I hope they will correct. David Dimbleby stayed too long. Now, maybe it's... Maybe it's my own fault because I decided to dunk on him, but like... Anyway, so I quote tweeted him and I said, You're unsuited to public office and yet you persist. And then he follows me. He responded to that by saying, You're religious. <laughs> I I don't know if he was trying to drag me because he thinks religious people are bad or if he thinks that I should be nice to literally everybody, including sex offenders, because I'm religious. But no. Uh, (laughs) Being religious does not mean that you have to be nice to disgusting sexual predators just for the avoidance of doubt. Um, Because God hates sex offenders too. Um... This guy's on the sex offenders register. He can't say shit to me. Literally, any way he tries to fucking drag me means nothing because he's a sex offender. He's like the lowest of the low. Anyways, so I just I just muted the guy. I was like, you know what? You can shout into the void if you want to, honey. I don't have to read it. I don't have to listen, whatever. This guy, <laughs> he still follows me, right? And he keeps fucking responding to my tweets, trying to get some attention from me. The only way that I know this is because every now and again, someone will tweet back to him um, to tell him to fuck off or something. And they'll tag me. And because I don't have them muted, it shows up and I see it. So it's really funny because I keep, like, getting notifications with people telling him to fuck off or telling him he's a scumbag. And And it's because he's tried to, like, bait me and get my attention again, but he doesn't seem to realise that I can't see when he tweets me. So that's interesting and fun. Um, It is interesting that he, you know, displays this kind of behaviour towards a woman towards a woman towards a woman that says something he doesn't like he immediately tries to sort of you know launch on her and keep trying to get at her um sounds kind of like something a sex offender would do hmm yeah anyway i hope he loses and disappears from public life forever right let's talk about people that are worthwhile Let's talk about Wales. Wales. Oh, the good people of Wales. Wales having an election. It's coming up. Very exciting. Um, But I want to talk about something that people in Wales did. And I just want to say that I love Welsh people. And I, I love all of my Welsh friends. You guys are the coolest. So... Welsh people set up a prank, essentially. Um, They tricked Britain First, which is a right-wing, like, far-right, far, far far-right campaign group of absolute scumbags. And Welsh people tricked them into thinking that um, asylum seekers were staying at hotels uh, in Wales. Um, So, basically what Britain First do quite a lot of the time is they will go and they will hold protests outside of hotels where asylum seekers are staying to try and intimidate the asylum seekers and so basically they were sent to an empty hotel and then local people in Wales basically chased them out of town so shout out to the good people of Wales you guys are fucking amazing we had to stand I love you guys and I hope that good things happen to Welsh people (laughs) Uh, because what an icon of a country, really. Uh, This week was also Ed Ball's week or Ed Ball's day, I should say. It should be a week. We should have longer public holidays. So to clarify what I mean... In 2011, on the 28th of April, uh, Ed Balls, who is uh, 
he's a former politician. He now does lots of things. He's got a baking book that's just come out. Um, uh, <laughs> he, uh, he was on Strictly Come Dancing and everybody loved him on that. Um, he tweeted on the 28th of April in 2011, just his name. Ed Balls. We can only assume he was trying to search himself. We don't know, but the tweet stayed up. It made everybody laugh. It was funny as fuck. Um, and so we celebrate that every year here in the UK because, you know, we're a strange country. We're a strange nation. Um, let's see. So the Boris decorating thing has just spiralled out of control um apparently this this guy was spending like hundreds and hundreds of pounds on fucking wallpaper um there are questions again about how he got the money it's possible that he was funded by the conservative party it's possible that that money was a loan nobody really fucking knows because Boris is refusing to answer questions about it. Anytime he gets asked, he just starts yelling about stuff. Uh, In Prime Minister's questions this week, he looked absolutely fucking unhinged. He was like full on screaming across the chamber at Keir Starmer. He looked absolutely uh, just mad. Literally, it, it was... Well, it was quite unbecoming, to be honest. <laughs> um, it, it was just really gross. And I was just like, okay, what the fuck? Um, it, was, it was an absolute mess. The Conservatives keep trying to frame this whole story as, oh, people don't care. The British public don't care. Actually, bitch, I think I'll decide what I fucking care about, okay? Don't try and fucking tell me what I think, all right? Because I'm not here for it. Um, What I find interesting is that women in politics are often framed as too hysterical to be leaders and to be in power. Anytime a woman is in politics, she has to be completely composed at all times because the slightest display of emotion will be used by the press, by her opponents to drag her and make her seem like she is completely insane. You know, um, if you just, if you just think about the rhetoric, I mean, I remember when Hillary Clinton was running for president and people were like, you can't give a woman the code to the nukes. What if she's on her period? I feel like a lot of people don't actually understand menstruation at all people don't become like fucking homicidal when they get their period (laughs) i have never tried to kill a person i have maybe had a bit of a tummy ache and i really like salty food for some reason like a lot during my during my period i'm like i just i just want some salty food that's all (laughs) And, you know, but people frame it as, like, when women are on their periods, it's like they go insane and, like, a woman president might just, like, nuke half of the Western Hemisphere. Or, like, you know, when Nicola Sturgeon's on her period, she might just, like, get on a horse, ride all the way from Scotland to England and decapitate Boris Johnson. That's not going to happen because, surprise, surprise, women on their periods are still rational, normal people. They just happen to be bleeding from their vaginas, all right? That's all that happens. This idea that women go absolutely mad for several days a month is just pure misogyny. It's absolutely insane. Anyways, so... (laughs) But I find it so funny that women have to be so careful when they work in politics they can't show any emotion they can't look upset because otherwise they're gonna get launched on but boris johnson actually is all of the stereotypes of woman on her period like he actually is that stereotype he is irrational he is hysterical he is beyond reason he is 
dangerous he's unpredictable you never know what you're going to get with him he will start yelling and screaming if he gets slightly inconvenienced but nobody nobody questions whether that makes him a bad leader nobody points out that perhaps somebody that can't control their emotions when confronted with questions about their dodgy financial arrangements perhaps someone like that shouldn't be a leader but nobody nobody talks about that nobody questions it and it annoys me a lot anyway um Arlene Foster of the DUP in Northern Ireland is standing down as the leader of the party and as first minister now unlike many uh <laughs> many uh political uh commentators and journalists who claim to know a lot about the UK but really only know about England i am not going to sit here and act like i know a ton about northern ireland because i don't i would like to know more about northern ireland and i am consuming a lot more media from Northern Ireland so that I can learn more about their political scene because it's the only part of the UK that I don't really know a ton about. Um, But unlike these people who are paid a lot of money to be experts on the whole of the UK but only really know about London, I am not going to pretend I am an expert because I'm not. So I'm just going to tell you what happened. Arlene Foster is standing down there is a leadership election coming up in Northern Ireland. Um, This development will probably not lead to lots of Sinn Féin voters, for example, crossing over to the DUP. And I don't know why Robert Peston thinks that that could be the case. Perhaps it is because he's actually not very good at his job, but nevertheless. Um, So yeah, that is a thing that is happening there you go so no no Scotland's election is coming up obviously very excited about that I'm going to stay up and I'm going to watch it and I'm going to be like even though obviously I don't know. I think I just, I like just watching all the, I mean, even though there's, it's just like running around and there's nothing really happening, but I'm excited. I'm gonna, I hope there's, there's like good coverage on. Oh, no, I've done it that fucking app again. Anyway, sorry. I, but I'm very excited about it. Um, there was, there was, more debates this week Douglas Ross made a twat of himself again he also god this was high cringe to be completely real Uh, he tweeted on Friday morning from 3pm I'll be joining my football colleagues in boycotting social media this weekend you only have to listen to Glenn Kamara, or I don't know who these people are, I don't watch sports, or Marvin Martley describe the abuse they suffer on a regular basis to know that Facebook and Twitter need to do more. That's interesting, Douglas Ross, because I wouldn't think that somebody who regularly abuses the traveller community should be out here talking about this you know this is the guy who has had to publicly apologize multiple times for his offensive and disgusting comments about travelers this is a man who tried to have a traveler family evicted because they were very visible this is a man that actually human rights campaigners say has a vendetta against travellers like that is how bad he is and and he's out here talking about racism for clout 
You want to know how you can stop racism, Douglas Ross? Stop saying and doing racist things. Okay? That is a thing you could do. That is something you could do. To try and bring down racism across the world. Make the world more equal. Why don't you stop saying and doing racist things? Huh? Did you think about that? Did you consider it? Honestly, it's... it's (laughs) It's the hypocrisy for me, ladies. It's the lack of self-awareness for me. I... I just... I can't stand him. I can't. He's he's a disgusting human being. Just a horrible man. And I really hope that his party faces a lot of losses. That would be nice for me. Uh, there was... <laughs> Uh, lots of leaders in Scotland deciding to try and become main pop girlies. Uh, the leader of Scottish Labour was videoed. <laughs> he was visiting, I think, a school and they were doing a dance class and he decided to join in. He actually looked kind of cool, so I may have to stand a little bit, but not too much because, you know, I know which party I'm a member of. Um... Douglas Ross was asked about <laughs> about like what song he would dance to. He said Hole Again by Atomic Kitten. Girl. And then he started like reading the lyrics in this weird monotone way. And, and, girl. and then someone made a gif of his face on all the girlies from Atomic Kitten. And I was like I can't believe this is happening. Oh my god. <laughs> I don't want to be here. <laughs> and then during a Q&A, somebody asked Nicola Sturgeon <laughs> what song she would dance to, what's her theme, what's going on there. She she didn't really answer the question. She got a bit like Andy Burnham when he was asked the biscuit question on Mum's Nap. But she did say if someone wrote a song for her, then she would like use it as her little dance routine uh, when Scotland became independent. So I guess we'll let her get away with that. That's fine. Um... Sis, if you need a producer, I am here. What's up? What's going on with you? <laughs> Let's write you your next hit single. Um, Matt Hancock is the worst. So he was asked repeatedly during a briefing, a press conference, a little moment where he's supposed to answer questions about journalists. He was asked a lot of questions about the Boris Johnson's flat situation and he straight up said I'm not gonna talk about that because I'm talking about coronavirus well that's funny sweetie because these press conferences by the government have been used multiple times to talk about things that are not related to coronavirus at all um they've also been used as a lot of journalists pointed out to attack political opponents in ways that have nothing to do with coronavirus including Sadiq Khan the mayor of London and the icon in the moment I love him and I hope he wins I'm pretty sure he will but that's great but anyway so it's frustrating for a lot of journalists because they weren't getting their questions answered at all and they felt very disrespected welcome to our world darling (laughs) this is what it's like to be us um Michael Gove has been involved in this whole situation as well because he was oh god he was apparently witness to the prime minister saying something really fucking disgusting um apparently during a meeting um of the cabinet um Boris Johnson was heard to say let the bodies pile high in the street because he didn't want to do another lockdown. This was probably around October-ish, I think. Um, There was a lot of speculation that Michael Gove had leaked this because Michael Gove is devious, ladies. Michael Gove secretly wants to be Prime Minister and he's tried many times and it doesn't really work out for him because... I mean, <laughs> but he's always, you know, he's sneaky. He's, he's a sneaky man. Um, and 
he has been kind of suspected of leaking things before, especially as this was kind of leaked to the um to the Daily Mail and he has connections there. Um so Dominic Cummings was one of the people that suspected of leaking that the Prime Minister said this, but so was Michael Gove. Um but then Michael Gove came out and defended him and was like, no, I just, no which is suspicious but I mean if you think about it it could still be him because like it makes sense if you leak it and then you act like you're the prime minister's friend you're like no man I'm so sorry this is fucked up I can't believe this happened to you I'll defend you keep your friends close keep your enemies closer stab them in the back from like a close range kind of situation you know what I mean very that um and then um Sarah Vine who is married to Michael Gove and in a way I feel sorry for her for that but she's also a really horrible person so I mean I guess that cancels out me feeling a bit sorry for her um she went on to talk about this and she said the prime minister can't be expected to live in a skip Boris Johnson needs decent furnishings referring to you know him basically spaffing money up the wall quite literally on extravagant decorations um and not being able to explain where the fuck the money comes from let me make something real clear nobody nobody is expecting the prime minister to live in a skip in the street or some shit no one is expecting that of him but what we are expecting is for him to not be throwing money around, being extravagant, especially when he can't explain where that money comes from. It may come from the public, it may come from his party. Either way, both of those are not really ethical. Um, He can't explain where he got the money from. And at a time when the public are going through absolute hell, it's not appropriate for this to be happening anyway. All we are asking is that the Prime Minister doesn't take the piss really like that's all but of course she has to defend him and be really dramatic and be like oh oh those horrible lefty bastards want him to live in a cardboard box with the baby and with carrot no girl nobody said that literally nobody said that nobody fucking said that oh honestly but i mean it's frustrating because boris johnson retains the right to overrule a decision on whether he broke the ministerial code over the funding of this flat renovation so basically he's not going to be held accountable anyway like there's that's just so fucking annoying i'm so mad i'm so angry (laughs) i just oh um it is what it is you know it's annoying to know that no matter what he does he's always going to be allowed to get away with it because he will always be held to lower standards than the public you know if if one of us right potentially broke rules to get money to do up where we lived then I really don't feel that we'd get away with it. But because he's rich, because he's the prime minister, he gets to do whatever he wants and nothing is questioned and nothing is ever done. It was frustrating because Robert Peston put up some dumb tweet saying, oh, Boris Johnson is normally a genius with deflecting things. And going on and on about how Boris is so good about ducking and diving from journalist questions. And I'm like, you know why that is, don't you? It's because a journalist like you, darling. Because you will ask him the question once, but your question's always rambly. This is li- Listen, this is very specific to Robert Peston, okay? Because when he asks questions at press briefings, he asks questions that can easily be dodged. Because he takes about five or six fucking minutes, it feels like asking a question like he asks questions like 
fucking Charles Dickens describes doors, okay? Read a Dickens book and you will know what I mean. He takes forever to get to the point and that makes it easy. That makes it so fucking easy for whoever's being asked that question to dodge it and to, you know, throw out some vague answer that doesn't actually answer the question. And, you know, journalists like him will, you know, never follow up, never go back and say, no, you will answer my question because it's a valid question to ask. And then he'll sit there and he'll be like, oh, Boris is so good at ducking my questions normally. Yeah, yeah, because, because you're not good at asking them darling now don't get me wrong there are quite a few really great political journalists in the uk right but there are also really shit ones and the really shit ones are why boris johnson has gotten away with this kind of behavior for so long because yes of course you know the system being in his favor you know him being able to push away any criticism him of course that that helps him but having journalists in positions of power and positions of influence who just don't even bother to hold him to account that's why so you want to know there you are there's your fucking answer thanks robert for all your help with absolutely fucking nothing Darling, this is only a game. I gaily gaze into your eyes as we play, back and forth on the darkened streets, sweet candy dreams projected by the moonlight. My tight curls are trapped inside your trusting grasp, and I gasp at the softness of your yearning kiss. But this, my darling, who dissolves in the sun, this is only a game. A game we play until we stop playing and the sun is no longer serene. And you tell me that you love me and I am wearing love hearts across my eyes, but I did not glance at you with any seriousness. Not because I could not love you too, but because I was so used to being lost to my emotions and then simply lost when the one that I want has left. Should I look again? Darling, this is only a game, but you couldn't help playing to win and I hate to lose. I, um, I mentioned the, the book Lolita earlier because I've been rereading it. I, I got it from the library, right? Let me tell you about this. I've got this app on my phone, right? And because I'm a member of the library, I can borrow ebooks and I can, I can, I can borrow all sorts. Let me have a look here. Let's see what I've got. I've got, oh, I can, I can. I can borrow audiobooks, magazines, ebooks, all sorts of things for free. I don't have to pay anything. It's amazing. I can I can do all the things. I can read, I can listen, I can I can read things but like in magazine form it's been brilliant anyway so (laughs) i I borrowed lolita um i read it when i was a a kid um i think i understand it a lot better as an adult it's definitely um i I think there are a lot of people that, that misunderstood it really and they think you know that it's condoning something and it isn't i think it's very condemning actually um but there's a a a passage where you know he's he's being very very playful and I suppose he thinks it's all quite charming and there's a line that always stuck out to me and he says darling this is a game and I I was thinking about that a lot you know 
darling, this is only a game. I was reading, I was on the bus, and I thought, hmm, yeah, that kind of gives me an idea. So I, I wrote about, um, about love. About how sometimes it's the most serious thing in the world, but sometimes it's just so not, you know. And, um, I was just kind of thinking about where I am now you know because I was always the other person in that poem I was the one who who was in love and wanted everything to go the way I wanted it and to be serious and real and now that I'm just kind of trying to slow down not take everything so seriously not rush into anything that you know is pretty much guaranteed to end in me being hurt I find it quite interesting because I'm I'm seeing the other side I guess looking at things in a new way Lost in the woods, lost at sea, looking deeply into the eyes of my Ouija board, but never getting a glance back or an answer that makes my heart happy. Even my ghosts have stopped haunting me. It's easy to be over it when you've never meant anything to anybody, but I survived for a reason. So a little part of me thinks that I mean something to myself and maybe I owe it to myself to make my every waking nightmare mean something other than, you know, confusion and slight anger slow and steady winds apparently so i'll slowly navigate on my own pace staring at my own face as i fall asleep each night bird on the wing building some kind of life that one day she will quietly admit is worth living this is the end of romance but it doesn't have to be the end of me because like an accountant who dreams backstage at a broadway show there is a lot more to me than there is to me so so what if i never meant anything to anybody else i'm sure that i'm old enough to fly alone to dine alone or to write verses about me myself alone because truly i am the only one who has never disappointed me never disappeared when I needed me the most. So, so what if I never meant anything to anybody else? I mean something to myself. Independent Woman by Destiny's Child is like playing somewhere in the background. Um, (laughs) I, uh... I wrote that about three o'clock in the morning. I was upset. You know about the thing I talked about earlier, you know, when the person was like pushing my boundaries and acting like I was wrong for being upset about it. Well, I was fucking pissed. And I woke up again at about three and I thought, I am so fucking mad. What am I doing this for? God, everybody's terrible and I'm having the worst time. And I put on some music and I'm just lying there. And By Myself by Judy Garland came on and I love that song and I started thinking, oh my God, girl, same. Yes, same. I will go my way by myself. This is the end of romance. Fuck those bitches. Fuck those other bitches. I'm I'm on my own and I am feeling it. I mean, of course, Judy Garland sang this and she, she sounded wonderful. But um, much like me, Judy Garland did also um, sort of find herself constantly longing to be in love. So 
we'll be all independent and fierce at three in the morning, but then the next day we're like, but I, I, I need somebody to love. It's just how I function. <laughs> but for a brief moment, I was like, fuck everybody else. I am my own soulmate. I, it doesn't matter if, if they treated me badly or if they never cared about me at all because I'll treat myself well and I'll take care of myself and I love myself and I I mean something to myself and I felt very good about it. It's very late. I had a, a nice dream for the remaining few hours I got to sleep. Um, <laughs> and then... <laughs> I, I I then sort of spent a little bit of time ignoring messages and listening to that song a lot on repeat the next day. And yeah, maybe that's not the most mature thing to do, but I felt like it was self-care. Thank you for listening to Sincerely Jennifer with me, Jennifer Wan. If you want to find more of my work, you can on my website, jenniferwan.com, or you can find me on social media, Twitter, Instagram.